0: This area of Masada is down in the Dead Sea region of Israel. And in the middle of the desert, you have a waterfall, a literal, active, real, beautiful waterfall. I'm telling you, people go down there, they they love to get in that water. It's cool, it's refreshing. But of all things, it's in the middle of the desert. And so it's always been of interest that in the middle of the driest, most barren desert, you have this waterfall how can that be I'll tell you how it can be God that is just like God he can create waterfalls in the desert and waterfalls in the desert have a spiritual implication that I want us to apply to our spiritual walk today the same God who makes a waterfall in the middle of the driest barren desert can handle your problem the same God who can put a waterfall In the desert can take whatever you're facing this week, this month. He can take whatever you're struggling with. He can take the burdens that you have. He can take the grief that you have. He can take all that. The same God who makes waterfalls in the desert has got your problem. No matter how hopeless, no matter how desperate it may seem, God's got this. So where we are introduced to En-Gedi in Getty and the Bible is in the Old Testament. So if you have your copy of God's Word, we invite you to turn there to 1 Samuel chapter 23. 1 Samuel chapter 23. It's towards the very end of 1 Samuel chapter 23. And then we'll continue on into 1 Samuel chapter 24. As you're turning there to 1 Samuel, uh, let me just say how... Uh, blessed i am to see debbie uh to see jeff and to see tyler here with us today what a blessing it is we've been praying for you praying for your family and we're honored that you're with us today and certainly this church uh, thanks the world of boot and his legacy continues to live on he put in a lot of blood sweat and tears right here in this church and we're thankful for him and his legacy lives on but thank y'all for being here You've got your place there in 1 Samuel chapter 23. I uh, want to invite you to stand in honor of reading God's word. We're in the last verse of chapter 23, 1 Samuel 23, verse 29. This is where we're introduced to Engedi, spring of the kid, Engedi in Scripture. And this is what it says From there David went up and stayed in the strongholds of Engedi. Now, continuing into chapter 24, verse 1. When Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told David is in the wilderness near En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 of Israel's choice men and went to look for David and his men in from the rocks of the wild goats. When Saul came to the sheep pens along the road, a cave was there. Here's a little humor for you. You think the Bible doesn't have any humor? And he went in there to relieve himself. David and his men were staying in the back of the cave. So they said to him, David, look, this is the day the Lord told you about. I will hand your enemy over to you so you can do to him whatever you desire. Now, we'd all be willing to admit that Saul's got himself in a vulnerable position. Can I get a witness? Amen. So you can do to him whatever you desire. Then David got up and secretly cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the corner of Saul's robe. He said to his men, I swear before the Lord I would never do such a thing to my Lord. The Lord's anointed." I will never lift my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. With these words, David persuaded his men, and he did not let them rise up against Saul. Then Saul left the cave and went on his way. We'll pause right there for prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts today. We need to hear from you. These people here don't need to hear from me. They need a message from you and from your Holy Spirit. So through the reading of your word, through the moving of your spirit, I pray today that we would make application about this idea of waterfalls in the desert. You can take a hopeless, dark, bleak situation and bring life and hope and renewal to that. Somebody here today needs to be encouraged. Somebody here today needs to know that no matter how hopeless their situation, no matter how big their problem, no matter how big their grief or sorrow, you are here to bless, to move, and to answer that prayer and to help that situation. So God, to you be all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Hide be me behind that old rugged cross. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Let me continue as we read there in verse 8. So after that, David got up and went out of the cave and called to Saul. So Saul just left the cave. He was in a, a very uh, precarious situation. David listens to his men who says, Hey, he, you can take him right now. He, he's in a bad position. He doesn't even know you're hiding in this cave. And he got close enough to, to take the corner of his robe off. Now, if you're close enough to cut the corner of a robe off of the your enemy or someone that is actually pursuing you, then you're close enough to hurt that person. And his conscience bothered him because why? Because listen to me, Saul was still the king at that time. David had been anointed as the future king. But let me tell you something. Just because you have a promotion ahead of you, just because you have a title coming to you, you better act as if you are in the position you are in instead of already assuming or being presumptuous. We know what those things do. You you don't want to be presumptuous. And so David had to wait. Yes, wait on the Lord. I say wait on the Lord. Some of you, when you feel like you're entitled to something, when you feel like you've got a promotion coming, you already, you already got it. You, you already act as if you have that. And I'm just telling you that the Lord wants you to stay humble in the run-up to that promotion, and guess what? After you receive the promotion, He still wants you to be humble. But see, David's been told, you're the future king, but the current king, the current president, is Saul. Now, you may not like Saul, you may not agree with all of his policies of his administration. You may think he's creepy, sleepy Joe. You may think that he, he falls asleep. Uh, you may think that he's not worthy of that position, but he's still in that position. You may not respect the person, but you're supposed to re- respect the position of the office. And David's been told, you're the future king. Saul is running after him, because why is Saul after David? Because remember, David had defeated Goliath. And now everybody in Israel is not talking about King Saul. They're talking about David. They're talking about how David slayed the mighty giant. And so Saul, because he's egotistical and, and he's jealous, he doesn't like all this talk about David. In fact, it angers him. And so he now is pursuing David, who, and where did David go? To En Gedi, to hide, to seek shelter from King Saul, who's chasing him. And in the middle of that, in walks King Saul. <laughs> now. David's men because you know if you're hiding in this cave and all of a sudden you hear Saul come in there and uh, <clears throat> you know based on the sounds what he's doing you would all all of you come on don't be self righteous you would all go this is the day <laughs> this is the day that the Lord has made that the Lord you could have beat him up he's in a cave his 3,000 men they're giving him privacy they're outside the cave they ain't going to go in there with him there, the king has no bodyguard when he is in the restroom, all right? I've worked the presidential detail. I can tell you, even in modern days, that president has privacy when he does certain things. And so here's Saul in a cave, and you know David's has been there. like, he's yours. Take him. You got him. And that's how we are. We, 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 we want to act before God gives us the green light. Now, how many of you know? that before God gives you the green light, you were to stay. I've watched some of you at intersections. Oh, yeah, I've watched some of you. You edge that vehicle up. You think you know something. See if that other side's got a green arrow on I'm going to edge it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to edge it. I'm going to edge You know what? I, I, I'm going to tell you. Let me just tell you something. You edge that car up too, fa- too far across to that line, and you might get tagged by somebody that had the right of way. So why don't you just wait your turn? Now, there's the other person, the other person that is normally behind me. Oh, yeah, because here's what I do. I give it the old two-second rule. I'm at the red light. The light has turned green, but I say one, two, and then I go. And some of you don't do that. When it goes green, you're <laughs> You know what that makes me do? I wait four seconds. Hello, somebody. <laughs> I give another one, two, and then I look in at me and I go, mm-hmm, that's what I thought. We have to learn to wait on the Lord. When I have acted impulsively, come on somebody. When I've acted impulsively, it got me in a bunch of trouble. When I I edged that car up because I wasn't wasn't waiting on the light, I wasn't patient enough, I've gotten in trouble. So David, he acts impulsively, but all he did, did was cut off the corner of the road. And he felt bad about that. It tells you in Scripture that his conscience or the spirit bothered him. It convicted him that he had what? Taken advantage of Saul in that moment. But watch what he does here. He calls out to Saul. So Saul's done. Okay. I mean, again, the Bible is humorous. Saul's done and goes outside the cave. And so let's pick up where he says, My Lord the King. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed to the ground in homage. David said to Saul, I'm in verse 9. Why do you listen to the words of people who say, look, David intends to harm you. You can see with your own eyes that the Lord handed you over to me today in the cave. Someone advised me to kill you, but I took pity on you and said, I won't lift my hand against my Lord since he is the Lord's anointed. See, my father, he held up that corner of that garment. See, my father, look at the corner of your robe in my hand, for I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. Look and recognize that there is no evil or rebellion in me. I haven't sinned against you, even though you are hunting me down to take my life, and I'm having to hide. I'm in En Gedi. I'm scared. I'm taking shelter in this cave. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord take vengeance on you for me. But my hand will never be against you. As the old proverb says, wickedness comes from wicked people. My hand will never be against you. Who has the king of Israel come after what are you chasing after, a dead dog, a flea? May the Lord be judge and the side between you and me. May he take notice and plead my case and deliver me from you. When David finished saying these things to him, Saul replied, Is that your voice, David, my son? Then Saul wept aloud and said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have done what is good to me, though I have done what is evil to you. You yourself have told me today what good you did for me. When the Lord handed me over to you, you didn't kill me. When a man finds his enemy, does he let him go unharmed? May the Lord repay you with good for what you've done for me today. Now I know for certain you will be king. This is huge, y'all. The Spirit showed Saul and opened his heart and opened his eyes that David had an opportunity to take your life. And he spared your life. And because of that, for the first time ever, Saul humbled himself and acknowledged David as the future king. This is an arrogant, egotistical king, and he is acknowledging that David will be the king. Therefore, swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants or wipe out my name from my father's family. So David swore to Saul. Then Saul went back home, and David and his men went up to the stronghold. So here's what we need to get out of this. Here in the middle of the desert in Engedi, in the middle of the dry, barren desert, is this beautiful waterfall. And somewhere in those caves, David sought refuge. And maybe there's been a time in your life where the enemy was really after you, maybe through a person or through a problem, and you felt overwhelmed about that situation. And in the middle of that, you were overwhelmed with anxiety and with fear. And, I mean, you could just sense this dark cloud closing in on you. Have any of you ever wanted to just run away? You don't have to raise your hand. But have any of you just ever wanted to get away? Have any of you ever just wanted to to, to go and, and hide? David can relate to you, and he can relate to me. Because he sought shelter and refuge. He was overwhelmed with anxieties and fears. A man who it, the Bible declares was a man after God's own heart still at times got overwhelmed and had fear and anxiety. Here's what I want to show you that David knew. How do I know that David knew this? Because it's one of the Psalms, Psalm 46. Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2 tells us where our refuge is. It's not in a waterfall in the middle of the desert. It's not even in a, in a vacation that you're planning It's not in a a, a cabin or a hideaway that you may have, a she-shed or a man cave. No, according to Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a helper who is always found in times of trouble. Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles. Any of you watch the news? There's a rapid increase of earthquakes happening. There's wars and rumors of wars. There's a famine that we call a pandemic. Uh, It's a pandemic on both sides. It's a pestilence, meaning a pandemic, meaning a virus that spreads very contagiously. And then on the other hand, there's a famine. There's not necessarily a shortage of products, but as I mentioned last Sunday, if you can't get the products on the shelf, there is a shortage. Delivery is just as important as production. We've got a production, we don't have necessarily a production problem, we've got a delivery of goods and services problem. The supply chain is broken. But good news, Pete Buttigieg is going to fix it. (laughs) Therefore, we will not be afraid, though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil. There is a river. There is a river. Its streams delight the city of God The holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is our refuge. And so when you get to that point that you feel like you want to run away, when you get to that point where you feel like you've got to get out of here, go to God. Go to God who always receives you. This is what I love, with arms wide open. He always receives you no matter what you've done, no matter why you're running or what you're running from, He receives you like this. He receives you with arms wide open, embracing you and receiving the pain and anguish and anxiety that you have. He's a loving Heavenly Father. He cares. He's compassionate. He's merciful. David needed to get away. In fact, he needed to have what we call a control-alt-delete moment. You ever had one of those? I just got a control-alt-delete. That'll fix anything. (laughs) Control-alt-delete. He needed a reboot, he needed to refresh, he, he needed to get away, and unfortunately he had a pursuer, Saul, who was after him, who was tired of all the talk about David, and he came after him, and, and, and in the middle of all that, David knew that ultimately his refuge was not waterfalls in the desert. David knew ultimately his refuge was not in Getty. he knew his refuge was the Lord. The same God that brings waterfalls to a desert can take whatever problem you're dealing with, whatever burden you're carrying, whatever weight, whatever stress, whatever sorrow. The same God that makes waterfalls in the middle of a dry desert can take this problem that you have. And here's the thing. You just won't give it to Him. You won't turn it over to Him we tried all these other methods and all these other means, but you won't give him this problem. You won't give him this stress. You won't give him this anxiety. And I think some of that is because you think you can fix this. Or maybe you think, well, i dug this pit. Now I've just got to be in it. You know, that's the lie from the enemy. Let me just tell you this. Even if you dug that pit, God wants you out of it. God is a rescuer. God is a savior. He doesn't want you to stay in that pit. He loves you so much that he receives you as you are. He finds you in the mud. He finds you in the the pit. But he loves you so much, he says, get out of that. You deserve so much better. You deserve better than this. Get out of that pit. It is God that, the same God that brings waterfalls to the desert can make a message out of your mess. He can take the tests of life and turn them into testimonies. He can take the tragedies of life and turn them into triumphs. That's what God does. That's who God is. Some of these pictures you can just see in the middle of this desert, this fresh water. Look at that nice looking guy there. You know, that's not an LSU shirt, by the way. That's a loving sinners unconditionally shirt. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Loving sinners unconditionally. But there, there were people down there that day. They go down there and get in that water. It's cool. It's refreshing. And yet it's in the middle of a desert. Are you in a desert? Are you in a dry place? Are you in a dark place? Are you in a cave? Isolated. Separated. You feel so alone. Listen to me. Instead of running from God, run to God. God will bring waterfalls to your desert. He'll bring light to your darkness. He'll bring hope to your hopelessness. We all need those times of resets and reboots and to be re- reset. But the same God who helped David is here to help you. The same God who David relied on and David sought shelter to is the God that's available to you and me. And so I don't know what you came in here with. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what kind of challenges that you may be facing soon, but this is what I do know. I know we serve a living God. I know that we serve a God who can take the darkest situation and bring light. I know we serve a God that can take the driest desert and put a waterfall right in the middle of it. That's the kind of God we serve. So whatever your problem is, Whatever your situation, it's not beyond God's reach. It's not beyond God's power. He is able, He is all knowing, He is all seeing, and He is all powerful. Lean on Him, trust in Him. He is your refuge, He is your waterfall in the desert. Let us pray. Most gracious.